0: You're listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. Now, here are your hosts.
1: I'm Dave C. And I am Brandon Brown. Still not a NASCAR driver. (laughs) Not him, not yet.
0: Yeah, especially since of last night. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Welcome to the Racing Virginia Podcast, episode 94. Yeah, 94. That was a good year. It was a good year. That was a really good year. It was a really good year. Uh, every year is good as yeah. long as you're above the dirt. That is. When you it. get as
1: old as I am, you will realize <laughs> That's that. That's true. I wouldn't. I won't know that just yet.
0: Uh, let's see. Going to be a little bit of an abbreviated show today. Yeah,
1: but for the, good and, reason.
0: Well, yeah, for a good reason. We have one really big guest.
1: Big as in stature, and big as in important.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, because that dude is he's he's buff, dude. Yeah. he's. I mean, I want to ask the, him about that too. The exercise yeah. routine. Yeah, yeah. Because. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have uh, Matt Hagen, three-time NHRA Camping World Funny Car champion.
1: Awesome! How about that? Awesome! From Christiansburg, Burg, Virginia, Virginia, you know that's right. Well, again, stacking fun. stacking the diverse, amazing, awesome set of drivers that uh, we have in right, the sport. Now, like, right. and he's he's right there at the top. All here. right, I'm
0: I'm calling out our buddy Tyler uh, Crossno. Oh,
1: and why are you calling him out, sir?
0: Because we put a thing up on our Facebook page, and okay. he follows us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, ask we're going to, we actually, we said we're going to have Matt Hagen. Yeah. Uh, do you have a question for him? I ain't heard not hide nor hair from Tyler.
1: Um, our,
0: our, our resident uh, drag racing
1: buddy. Okay. And he didn't, uh, he didn't inquire now, about know anything he's, from know Matt he's Hagen. Busy, but, Maybe but, he knows everything there is to know about Matt Hagen. Well, he could have helped us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to know? That's you true. Know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's cool. Lord have mercy. We'll, we'll have to, uh, next time we have him on, we'll have to inquire and I'm inter- interrogate him.
0: After the show today, I'm sending a text. Yeah. I don't know what this problem is. It's so, <laughs> hey, Tommy Franklin, he didn't do anything uh, either.
1: Hey, hey, I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. You know we'll play good cop, bad cop awesome. on these people. When I
0: get a little upset. Yeah. My voice goes a little higher, uh-huh. a little octave. A little I don't, like up here? Yeah, I don't know about that. I got to yeah. start... Got to make sure I don't, yeah. have that, that don't I think happen.
1: That's, you know, that's called like the boyfriend voice, right? If you're talking to your wife or your girlfriend on the phone, like you're like, you're what it gets up in this area right here. At least mine does. Maybe I'm the only weird one. No, cause <laughs> <laughs> yours does the same thing. Yep.
0: yep. <laughs> oh man. Uh let's see, uh, snow yesterday.
1: Yeah. Little- the first snow of the season here in, uh,
0: Richmond. And, and of course being the social media guy you are, you uh-huh. took advantage of the snow because yep. snow posts usually go viral.
1: Yes. Snow posts blow, <laughs> snow, snow posts at the racetrack. Why, why, do, you, why do you think that is? <laughs> okay. So. Because it looks pretty? No. Yes. Okay. Number one. But think about it. It is one of the things that fans never get to see when they're actually at the racetrack. It's a unique thing that you only get Hold to on. see on social media. Being, the, being, the,
0: being that it's going to be the 75th Annie, huh. all right? Yeah. Richmond Raceway fans have seen snow. Yeah. Been a while. Okay, been a while, but <laughs> I just want to yeah. point out, you said, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get to see that. Richmond Raceway yeah. fans, over the years, especially when the spring race was in February. February, early I March. Up. I don't know why they called that spring race, but because that's they really- just, that's They
1: what, just have to do it. That's the way it is.
0: But yeah, just the, the spring uh-huh. race was in uh, February and early March. I remember yep. one time they had to actually scrape all the stands mm-hmm. because it had snowed. I mean, it was like seven, eight inches yeah. of snow. and uh, But they got the race in.
1: Yeah. I think it was like in 88 where like, it was like one of the coldest. It I, don't might know if have been. I don't know if it snowed that yeah. time, but it was like one of the coldest NASCAR races yeah. in history. But what I was, but like my point is that, you know, it's, it is one of those really unique things that when you're there experience, yeah. like you're not going to watch a NASCAR race and it snow at the same time. Like they aren't going right. to coexist. No, no. So when people see that on social media, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Like it's the same, same reason that on social media, whenever we post the hauler parade on mm-hmm. Facebook Live from the track, that is one of the things that fans don't or rarely get to yeah. see because they're just not here at the racetrack yet. So people, they love to see the thing that they don't normally get to see.
0: Well, short track fans have, I know I have, and at Virginia Motor Speedway, we've had, we actually raced in November once yep. mm-hmm. and uh, for the Fall Classic, and it was snowing. On the dirt? Yeah, on the dirt. Like as the cars were going around? As the cars were going around. And was it sticking? Were, and it was cold. <laughs> Really, that was before we even had all the sweets and stuff.
1: I I tell you, it was it was cold up there uh, yesterday as I was climbing the flag stand covered in snow to go up there and and take that video. And for a couple people who comment, because I made a snarky comment on my Twitter account and was like, "I risked my life." Snarky, me snarky, get at that (laughs) out of here. Um, I made this comment on my Twitter account. I've risked my life to go up and take this video for all of you. Um, I I really didn't. It was completely safe and. <laughs> it was like, exactly. like people were like, you posted, like you shouldn't be doing that, like being dangerous at work. Like uh, it was, easy. it was fine. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Funny. I was fine with it. Uh, but lots of
0: preparations for the 74th Annie still going on. I've <laughs> seen some of the emails, man. Yep. The, oh, yep. the, the committee uh-huh. is going to have a rough time picking 75. That's true. Out of the, his, the, out of the 75 mm-hmm. history, there's more than, se- way more than mm-hmm. 75 great you know, opportunities to, mm-hmm. to celebrate.
1: Yep. Yeah, so like for, uh, for folks who don't know we're doing, we're doing 75 greatest moments from Richmond raceway history. We've got this awesome committee of, of really knowledgeable, um, guys that have been around the sport and around racing here in Virginia for a while. And it's our, our opportunity to pick, 75 of yeah. the greatest moments in Richmond Raceway history. I have a feeling it's going to be tougher than you It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, as I told you earlier, I, uh, I want to have Dennis on yep. before the year's out. We, we got a couple more shows for 2020 to do. We'll take a week off, and then we'll come back uh, first part of January, or first week of January. We're not going to take off long. Okay, we just no, you I think you're going to miss one week of of a podcast. that yeah. that If you haven't gone to the social platform, I mean, not social platforms, but the podcast mm-hmm. listening platforms like uh, Apple, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, mm. Pandora, uh, all of all of them. I mean, we're on all of them. Yep. I mean, uh, you can even listen to us on Alexa. Perfect. Hey Alexa, play the. Play Racing Virginia podcast. Oh yeah, podcast. We're, we were one of the first to be approved on Amazon, which cool. is cool. Do you have an Alexa? I do. I have a bunch of them. Have you tried
1: it yet? Have you been like, I have hey not. Alexa, I need play to the do. Racing Virginia podcast. You no, know, I need to do that and film Film it. and film. There, there we go. go. Social media gold right there. So for the show.
2: Yeah.
0: For the show. Uh, last night you uh, <laughs> began your journey into, Monday, into the Monday Night Racing League. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a pretty big deal. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, well, before you get going. All right. I've been throwing some ideas around with yep. um, uh, uh, one of our fans. Yeah. It's Antley's um, dad. Yeah. Antley's dad. And uh, we were talking about starting a league. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. a dirt league to promote Virginia Murray Speedway right. come first of the year, which I think um, we're closing in on it. He started sending me some of these posts where, you know, you, you make money on some of this stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, you, absolutely. Racing race in some of these events. He he sent me one. It's like a $10,000 purse. Or, or, I mean, it's $7,500 to win.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, it's ridiculous. One race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's growing now, into this. It's, it's a
0: it's $100 entry fee, but I don't... I of yeah. these guys that race, they, you know, they yeah. race for money. This that's a good uh, to be honest with you, that's a good opportunity to make a little bit of yep. money. Yep. But yeah, that's so um Explain what happened last night. I'm a
1: little, I'm a little <laughs> perturbed. Well, I, I wasn't winning seventy five hundred dollars or no. any any. I don't money think they got money night. in that, do they? No, uh, I don't know if there's a payout or not. I, I paid for uh, entry fee yeah. to the league, but uh, so what it is, one Monday Night Racing League. It's a combination of real life NASCAR drivers, um, media personalities, photographers, what have you that that have eye racing on race. So I sent a message a couple weeks ago. It was like, hey, does the gm social media guy of richmond raceway esports count to to get into your league yeah. like, absolutely so i've got a high enough i rating they were like yeah he's probably all right like he's not <laughs> going to destroy anything but uh so i they they raced uh late or super late models at michigan so you can yeah. imagine how fun that was yeah. i mean it was i rock style racing right. like they were all kind of packed together a fixed, and stuff a, a fixed, package, right? yeah, fixed package yeah fixed package like everybody had the same car and everything so uh got in there was trying not to you know you're the new guy right. you don't want to go in there and start beating and banging on everybody that's been racing in the league for the past few weeks and and stuff they broadcast it on podium esports like it, they make it, yeah. it make it look like a big deal which it is um Kyle Busch normally races in it Parker Kligerman Ron Caps was in it last night uh, um a few other uh drivers but Came down to it, had my buddy Sam Martin, who is the new GM down in Memphis at the dragway Mm -hmm. down there. So, congratulations to him. A little shout out to my old Chicago buddy. But he was my crew chief. We were, we were, had strategy and stuff. So, at the end of the race, about six laps to go, me and Anthony Alfredo, so Anthony Fast Pasta, are coming through the field and we are humming. I am, I am up his ass and we are going. (laughs) We made it up to about eighth place, and uh, and like we were just drafting together. And They're that's, battling and that's with the a few laps to go. And with a few laps to go, we were coming, and I got wiped out by bush series champion jeff green he made a right on the straightaway and destroyed my car and blew it up and um i uh was really many names no well actually i i I keyed them i didn't know who hit me Mm. had no idea you know there's a a bunch of cars around you and i keyed the mic as i'm spinning around in circles going you are stupid just said that (laughs) you are stupid didn't know it was him oops no so <laughs> oh, well. um i'll give you know i'll Which give you, him benefit yeah. of the doubt like it's again i, didn't, I know but it, you had a good you were actually we were had, going yeah. you actually had a
0: good run going i had
1: a i had a good run going i, I was gonna be content to push anthony alfredo to the win our buddy raja was in the race yeah, last okay. night he got yep. wrecked oh. <laughs> he got wrecked out of the lead oh uh, lord yeah so uh no but uh yeah sim seats teammates uh, Anthony Alfredo, I was going to push him to win, but it didn't happen that way. So it's going to be cool. They're going to like it's it's a, a series. They do different cars at different types of tracks every week. So they're doing yeah. street stocks at, oh, fe- cool. at Phoenix next week. Oh, dang. So, like, it's street all socks, street at stocks at Phoenix oh, Lord. At old Phoenix, flat Phoenix. Oh, flat Phoenix. Yeah. Oh. Uh,
0: one thing we didn't cover uh, last week in the opening segment was the fiery F1 crash.
1: Yeah. Ooh,
0: for uh, Haas F1 team.
1: Yeah. Man, amazing! I'm uh,
0: gonna tell you what—it's uh, it, it, amazing that that driver—I forget his name. He's a German guy. Uh, uh, but uh, man, it's a—it's amazing he's alive. And to be honest with you, uh, it, it's a guy that never liked the halo that they put on the.
1: Yeah, and it saved him
0: from life from being decapitated. I mean, that's how fast he went into the guardrail. I mean, I and this is you know we talk we talk about it with some drivers. This is be- this is why you should spend money on safety equipment. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to spend all the money on the race car. Well, as yep. my boss says, both bosses, someone loves your dumb ass at home. Yeah, it's true. You know? And you, you need to be spending the money for a proper uh, drive, driver's suit, proper gloves. I see guys driving with no
1: gloves. All right, so here, here's a story of... Um, of him, he gets out of his car. Um, he's in the fire. If you if you haven't watched it, go. Oh, it's scary. Um, yeah. He grabs on to the guardrail as he's trying to propel himself over it from the fire Ooh. into into yeah. safety, and that's where like the fire was so hot it burned his yeah. hands as he was trying to push himself over. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. The guardrail was hot. Yep. If you uh, go to RacingVirginia.com, dot com, Randy uh, Hallman's. It uh, is the
0: scariest twenty seven seconds. seconds. Yep. So, and it, and it didn't take, uh, I, I will tell this, the safety crew got there within 30 mm-hmm. seconds. Yep. That and was it, yep. amazing.
1: Yep. Uh, Randy Holman's latest column yes. on racing is what, uh, continuation of what he's thankful for from his first Thanksgiving column. Yeah. And it's all about that, that wreck yeah. and why we, you know, we should be thankful for the innovations Look, in safety and, and the fact that he's okay. I know most
0: of you guys don't want to wear it, but a head sock. Yeah. F1 requires it. Mm-hmm. Indy, I think requires it yeah. now, don't they?
1: Uh, you, you see all the IndyCar drivers Anybody I'm when, not sure when, right. when
0: there's methanol Like Sprint cars And IndyCar <laughs> they, uh, they have a head sock And there's a reason why And the underwear The fireproof underwear You know Spend some money Folks On your safety equipment It will save your life That's two Two, per, two things this year Ryan Newman And the F1 driver First of the year End of the year that those guys live because of the safety equipment with Ryan Newman, the, the, the Newman bar, and then the F1 driver uh, with the Halo stuff that was added after the fact, but saved their lives. So, I mean, this is, it, it's just an amazing deal. Folks, spend, if you're a driver, spend money on your safety equipment. And if you have someone that drives, if you listen to the show and you're a spouse or heck if it's your cousin or brother or whatever, then go to, you know, Christmas is a great time to give them some of this stuff. Updated helmet, gloves. Gloves don't cost much. Shoes don't cost much. Yeah. You know, go ahead and give it to them. Make sure that they're safe. Lord have mercy. Yep. I've seen, I've seen some really stupid stuff. People, you know, because after a while, your, your suit, after a while, your suit, I'll, I'll cut that out. <laughs> after, okay. wa- at, after a while, your suit, after you, because you're not supposed to wash it, yep. but even if you dry clean it so many times, the fire retardant, retarded and it goes away. So you need to update your suit on a regular basis as well. Yep. And for anybody that doesn't have like a two or three layer suit, you're you're kidding yourself if you think those one layer suits are good. They'll help you a little bit, but they ain't gonna help you too much. So spend some money, folks, on something like that uh, for safety. Also, our buddy uh, racing Virginia's uh, Mason Diaz. Yeah, uh, yeah. Went down went down to the snowball. <laughs> well, you know, look, yeah. I, it, it's a it's a good a good story and a bad story, uh-huh. right? Uh, made the race in qualifying. They only take, they only guarantee 30 spots and, you know, and then they have to go in the last chance. In fact, Chase Elliott had to go in the last uh, chance race, yeah. which he won. Yep. And, uh, but he qualified P27, uh, but he was the first car out. But still, it, 55 cars went down to the Snowball Derby. Yep. And it's some of the best super late model drivers in the
1: mm-hmm. country, maybe world. Yeah. I mean, he was like like Bubba Pollard, like ran terribly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is it? Was it in the Pro Late models?
1: Yeah, the, and the Pro, pro- snowf- Late snowflake, snowflake and the Snowflake. Oh man,
0: uh, Nos is it yeah. Noss? Nassie. Nassie. Uh gave him a little. B- I didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, I, I there's something about there's something the about the Snowball. I mean, if you look at all the comments, uh, everybody thinks well, that the people at the Snowball Derby don't like him. Cause, yeah. he's a, he, well, cause a, he
1: got, he got DQ'd out of yeah. the snowball derby last, last year yes. and, and Travis Braden won yeah. after that. So no, I think uh, it, it, what it looked like to me. And again, I am not a, a late model driver yeah. coming into three. He got, got the bumper to him got and a little loose. got a little loose. And when, and Pollard was fine, he gassed it up a little too quickly. And that's when it came, the car came around and, and they, they DQ'd nasty out of the snowflake. They, to be honest with you, asphalt racing yeah.
0: that's just racing to me yeah you, it's it's uh, it's become ever uh, ever so difficult to pass at some of these tracks because yep. everybody has the same type of equipment yeah and you got to you kind of almost have to wait for somebody to make a mistake yeah well that was what was Although uh, the the guy that won he came from 34 yeah uh, so what was what Can't was so name. uh oh time no time and Majeski
1: won the and that's what the, was, the guy that won the
0: snowflake yeah. jake johnson yeah uh came from 34th
1: so, so um but i think that was one of the things that w- i was watching i was watching it uh i bought it and watched the whole thing it was yeah. a phenomenal race what was so interesting to me was the the long runs that they got and you saw the comers and goers and who saved their tires i mean ty Majeski's run at the very end of the race yeah. was a it was a, a perfect example of that. He, he was, uh, running, you know, third, fourth throughout the whole thing. But that last green flag run, he came up and took the lead with, right before the competition cost and came out and, and held on in one race. He's a good, he's a good racer.
0: Yeah. You know, he, he's gotten everything and he got in a, um, uh, late model stock car for the first time this season and, and went out and won a big race. So, uh, I, th- I think you're going to be hearing a lot of, about Ty Majeski. He, he's sponsored by iRacing. Yeah. So one, uh, of the,
1: one of the best iRacers in history.
0: Yeah. Which, it, it's yeah. definitely correlating yeah. on the regular track. Sure. So, I don't yeah. know if he, you know, it's, be- it's because he does well on the track that he does well in iRacing. But everybody that tells me says that iRacing is actually harder than racing because it's, it, it, you, know, you can't really feel it. You know, how you, you, you know, if you go in the corner and you're getting loose, most, most good drivers can feel it in their butt. Yep. So, or their hands, one of the two. Yeah. But, yeah. Was, but, hey, we got a great show for yeah, you. We yeah, we do. really do. Um, this won't be the first time Matt Hagen's been on here. But. And hopefully it won't be the last. Yeah. But uh, we definitely have a, a great interview for you coming up. It's the champions
2: and the young. It is over. Matt Hagan's the world champion. And the Camping World Funny Car World Championship is going to go into the hands of Matt Hagan. This championship was for my brother three years ago, and uh, he's riding with me. I just can't say how proud I am of each and every one of my guys, man. They they bust their damn ass every day, and I try to drive the wheels off this thing.
0: Your 2020 and now three-time NHRA Camping World Funny Car champion, Mister Matt Hagen. How you doing, Matt?
2: Oh, I'm doing wonderful, guys. Man, I just got out of Miami doing a little R and R and taking in some sun, and just kind of back. I'm back now to the cold and feeding cows and moving manure around so it's a, that's a big change in a week in a couple days' time. You know, so. how, sure come we, how
0: come we didn't get an invite to Miami? What the
1: heck?
2: <laughs> I know, man. Well, I had a couple people ready to jump in the bag and go with me, you know?
1: Probably because we did not win yeah. an NHRA Funny Coach that's Championship right, this year.
2: <laughs> how are you guys doing today? Y'all, uh, y'all having a good day?
0: Yeah, we, man. Having a great day because we got you on, my friend. Um, oh, first, of all, first of all, congratulations on your third uh, NHRA funny car championship. You now are in pretty rare air, as they call it. Uh, you're tied for four yeah. for the most, uh, for the most, uh, wins or championships. Uh, so, uh, told, this one, this one was a little scary. Uh, it went down right down to the very final two rounds.
2: And, yeah, you know, I mean, the the thing about the, the season and everything else is it, it made it, you know, so competitive this year is that we didn't have a, you know, a, countdown when we redid the points and you never know what was going to happen with COVID and you know this is my third championship and honestly it was the most stressful championship that I've been a part of and you know just not knowing when your season's going to end and every race counts and every point counts and there's no do-overs and you don't get to reset the points so it's kind of like it had an old school feel to it to me versus the last you know 10 or 15 years that I've been driving one of these things where they've been you know reset the points at the end and you got so you know, you got the last you know couple races there to really turn it on, you, you know, and and so a lot of guys test through through the season and do different things. And this year is kind of like from before COVID that counted those first two races, and then we stopped the season, and then we started again, and then we just kind of did as much as we could, and we were having races canceled right before you know the week before and different things like mm-hmm. that, and you're rebooking plane tickets, and there, it was a very chaotic, hectic season. But I was so Glad to get the season in, though, you know, I mean, there's so many different sports teams and different venues that didn't happen this year. And for us to put fans in the stands and to still have people come out and be behind the pit, you know, my first race back, I, I, won, I won the race there in Indy. And it was, you know, that feeling of, you know, being in the finals and having, you know, 50 people behind your pit, still cheering you on and still going, come on, man, get this done that gets me fired up to get in the car and, you know, and drive the wheels off of it. Just, just because it's just like, you, you just gotta have that. And it's just that that gets my adrenaline going and still to be in the pandemic and everything else that was happening in our world, um, you know, and to still be able to to have that. It was, it was really special. So I was proud of, of NHRA and Mopar and, and Dodge to still come out and activate and be a part of it. And, you know, really kind of give us our fans something to root for and, and some entertainment during a really time that that everybody was looking for something to do, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and you spoke about the fans. I mean, your sport is so unique in the fact that uh, every ticket's a pit pass. The fans get in normal times, get that experience with you guys. You get out of the car after warming it up and then you sign 50 autographs and stuff. And I'm sure you as a driver and you as a team, you guys get energy off of those fans. What was that like not necessarily having the same interaction this year that you do in normal years?
2: Well, it was really tough because of the kids, right? So, my biggest thing, like, don't get me wrong, I'll sit inside for days for, for adults and stuff. But, man, like, I would I really try hard to, you know, we end up with like a bucket of parts and pieces and different things like that, you know, that I try hard to give those parts to little kids and stuff. And, and it's just, it's tough when, we, you know, you have to have that social distancing in the mask on and you can't take pictures and stuff like that. So, uh, I probably broke the rules a few times. I know my boss texted me and he's like, hey, stop doing that. (laughs) But but it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just, that's just, that's why they're there, man. And you know, for us to be able to put on a great show and and, you know put a smile on people's faces and times when people are losing their businesses and they're shut down and they don't know what's coming next or how they're gonna feed their family, but they they still scrounge up enough money to come out there and and support what they love and see and do and and support us, you know? um you know i I just it was it was a very um you know it was a special year as bad as the year was you know for a lot of different reasons you know i mean even i had to close the business down uh, but my outdoor store because i couldn't get inventory you know guns and ammo and different things like that and and you're just kind of going like man this is this is tough times you know but to still be out there and to still be doing things and and to you know just to to making things making it happen man it was just still a a special championship a special year whether we won or not it was just i was glad to be out there being being racing you know
0: 2020 was really a crazy year uh coca-cola the title sponsor going into the season out about uh what three quarters of the way through uh with uh, marcus leonis with uh, camping world limonis yeah uh, with Camping World. He stepped up and now it's the uh, Camping, you know, they're sponsoring the NHRA. And I know you guys are super happy about this because Camping World, the amount of exposure that they give motorsports and their social media and what they do for the, for all kinds of sports is um, probably second to none.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, and I hate to see Coca-Cola pull out like that not under contract. I mean, that was a real blackout for Coca-Cola I think. You know what I mean? To just, you know, say, Hey, look, we're going to leave you guys high and dry. But, um, I think what was really important to pull away from that is that, uh, camping world saw so much value in our series. And even in a pandemic where, uh, money's tight and business is tight and everything else, they said, Hey, we're not afraid of this. Like, you guys have the numbers. You guys are growing as a motorsport venue. Um, let's let's come in here and be a part of this. And uh, that just showed me our our sport is still moving in the right direction, no matter what. That you can, you know, in a pandemic when everybody's going like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hold on to what I have, and I don't know what you know what's coming next. Um, you know, they're out here still spending money in our series and wanting to be a part of it and saw value in it. So that said a lot to me for our sport, you know, moving forward.
1: You know, you're you are at the the top of the top when it comes to drag racing in in America and, and in the world. But I want to know how does a kid from Christiansburg, Virginia, make it there? Um, what was your first very very first experience with drag racing, and what made you want to take this path?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I was 13 years old then, and I had a, um, I had a, a local friend that got me into drag racing. He had a '69 Dodge Dart that i now own um he passed away and i bought it bought it from his wife but um it's um it's just one of those things where he's a really good friend but i had 13 i didn't have a car but i had a four-wheeler and he's like man Laura, load your four-wheeler up and you're gonna drag race this four-wheeler and <laughs> call it beginner's luck or what but i went to the final i didn't win but i won a 130 bucks i think it was and i was just like i looked at him i was like i could make money doing this you know and then <laughs> i was just I was hooked, you know? So it's just, uh, and then my, my family, we own a bunch of car dealerships at Sheila Motor Mile. And, and they, uh, so I started stealing all these used cars off the lot and bringing them back with the trannies out of them and the tires balled off of them. And finally my dad got like wind of it and he's like, what what are you doing? And and I'm like, well, I'm drag racing, you know? And he's like, no, I got to sell this stuff, man. He's like, no, we're going to, we're going to help you get a little race car and kind of go from there. But, you know, and then one thing leads to another, you can look with some local sponsors and they introduce you to corporate America and then I had a guy that really just kind of out of the blue we we sell we own a racetrack as well and he sells race fuel and and we you know we have a racetrack and made a relationship there and he he had some deep pockets and put me in a fuel car and then uh, I, I came out to uh, to Indy, which is our biggest race of the year, and now qualified celie Force and Tommy Johnson jr on my own dime. and. And Don Schumacher st- strolled through my pit that, that weekend and said, Who are you and what are you doing? And, <laughs> and, uh, Gary Shelby happened to be retiring at the time and he's like, Hey, I need a wheel man. So, uh, let's, let's see if we can make this work. And it's right place, right time. And, you know, once I got with DSR, it was kind of off to the run, And I've been, I've been very, very blessed to have, you know, an opportunity to win a championship just about every year I've been with Don. I mean, my second year in the, the in my in the seat i I run it up to the force and uh you know just just it's been nothing but good since, you know so uh just been very competitive with the the organization and had a great car and a great team around me every year i've been
0: here speaking of dsr you kind of kind of transition into this because you just talked about it the the, um, the team that surrounds you not only the uh, the mechanics and all those guys, but uh, man, the amount ima- the the amount of talent that is being uh, uh, accumulated at DSR: Tony Schumacher, a- Antron Brown, Leah Pruitt, Ron Caps, Jack Bettman, uh, you, Tommy Johnson Jr., and Mark Palk. That is that is a crazy list of drivers.
2: Yeah, you know, Don has assembled uh, you know what is. Unbelievable. I mean, to. I'm like, I won the 350th win, um, you know, this year for them, and it was just in funny car, and it was just, it's just unbelievable the numbers and what they've been able to put together. And and, you know, everybody pats me on the back all the time, but it's just really, you know, uh, I'd love to sit here and say I'm I'm an awesome driver, but I've, I've been able to be surrounded by people that are. Driven and motivated and educated, and and you know, are smarter than I am. And, and they, you know, just I just don't mess it up when I get the opportunity. Is what I think the biggest thing is is that you know, they work so hard to put the car underneath me, and then you know, it's up to them. Then you start feeling pressure, you're like, Well, wow, they got a real good car under I me mean, now. Now I gotta really drive this thing. You know, it's a lot easier when the thing ain't running very good. You're like, Well, show up and it's all good, you know. but when you got a good car in there, you know, it's all got to click and it's got to work and it really, you know, hats off to, uh, all the way from the front office to, you know, my crew chief and the guys to wrench on the car. I mean, without them, you know, it's, it doesn't happen, you know? So, um, it's just, and, you know, it's like anything. I, I take everything year to year out here with, uh, motorsports and what we're doing and everything's sounding good for next year. So, I mean, I, I like I said I'm I'm just blessed that that we're out here doing what we love to do and have the opportunity to do it you know yeah you t-
1: said about not messing up uh, uh you know your your part of the whole experience but tell people because I don't think they can fully you know know what it's like to make a pass at 330 miles an hour. Um, a lot of people probably think, "Hey, I could go do that." You just hold the wheel straight, and put your foot on the floor. Take us through a pass right. and what <laughs> what exactly has,
2: yeah. has to be done. Well, I, my first—I'll tell you—my first experience with it ever. You know, a fuel funny car. I was—I uh, got with uh, you know Tim Wilkerson, bought his car from him, a turnkey deal when we first started doing this, and and you know you get to hearing all these these stories of you know on fire and blowing up and how violent these things are and, and my uh, my dad was came out there to watch my license i had to make three runs to get my hospital license uh from an alcohol funny car and license and anyway i come out of the trailer man i look like the state puff marshmallow man like if, I, if there's a part of fire gear that he had in his trailer i had it on right? like i was just i couldn't move right and uh and then so i'm i'm sitting in this thing i did a burnout and i'm like okay and and then I'm going like, what have I got myself into, and why am I doing this, you know? And and I'm breathing so hard that I fog my visor up, and they they come over the radio and they're like, go, and I was like, I can't see, and they're <laughs> like, go, and I'm like, I can't see, you know. said, so <laughs> it's just I finally wiped it clear and hit the pedal, and and uh, I was like, okay, I, I can do this, you know. But um, and I got it down to the end, and I was. I was so far behind the car that, you know, basically it looked like a snake, right? Like, so the car would make a move and then my, my mind couldn't catch up to it. So then I would make a reaction or, you know, a correction. Mm-hmm. And so it looked like a, looked like a snake going out there. I was just so far behind the race car. Instead of, I don't think you'd ever be with, you know, or ahead of the car. You're just trying to be with it. And uh, it's just, it's one of those things where I got back and I thought Wilkerson was going to give me a high five because I got to the finish line and he come back and he was just like, if you ever drive that thing like that again, he's like, I will never let you in the race car. I was like, where's my high five at, man? I'm like, I thought I'd did be good. You know? <laughs> it was just one of those things where I was like, wow, I got a huge learning curve here. But what's happened is these cars are so fast. You know, you can't, it's not that you're running 300 miles an hour. You can go out to the sand, you know, the sand flats or whatever the soft flats and, and, and go 500 miles an hour. It's that you do it in a thousand feet. And that's what blows your mind is that you're covering so much, such a short distance in such a quick time that your mind can't process it. So it took me a good 100 runs before I felt really comfortable in a funny car to where I wasn't worried about what the car was going to do to me it was more like okay now I can focus on the light and and being with the car and if it's making a move make a correction you know stuff like that so really it's getting your mind acclimated to the g-force and the speed we pull around you know and everybody thinks we pull the most g's that they hit we pull almost six and a half g's in the middle of the racetrack and that's when I was running a five disc, it sounds like you break a two by four and a half and then when the clutch goes one-to-one one, and that's when it locks up and that's where it sees the most G in the middle of the track and and it tries to lift the front end. We make over 8,000 pounds of downforce there. It tries to pick the front end up out there in the middle. So that's where we see the most G-force and that's where my vision gets the most blurry. After about after it goes one-to-one one, and you can really you start seeing again, you pick up the finish line where you're at and everything else like that. So... Um, I would think that the most violent for us is the middle of the racetrack when it's going one to one, but but we also pull almost negative seven Gs when the parachutes come out. So you go from a, I look really young for a while to really, looking really old. You know what I mean? We're, we're when I always put the parachutes out, but so, and I'm like, that's why John Force looks so old, man. His skin is like it's back and forth it's all the time, And that's um, he's <laughs> got lots of elasticity to it, but uh, but it's just it's one of those things, man, where these cars are just intense and they're, they're, it's like, you know, I can't, I mean, I've only been on a bull one time, but like, it's like, you know, you only, it's like, you never know what you're going to get. Like, you get in it and it's a different ride every time. It's picking up cylinders, just dropping cylinders. You're making corrections or you're trying to, you know, steer it one way and it's still dragging you the other way, and it just—it uh, still gets my adrenaline going every run because you don't know what you're going to get. You know?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm, well, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. If If I was the bull
0: seeing Matt Hagen come <laughs> yeah. towards me, I, I would I would sit down and go noob,
2: <laughs> noob, not going to do yeah, it. No, man, we mess with cattle every day, and I've had I had a two hundred pound calf kick my butt the other day, and I was too, too dumb to turn loose of it. You know what I mean? I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I got 50 pounds on it, you know what I mean? It was dragging me through the woods, you know? And I'm like, why don't you just let go? You know what I mean? and it's just kind of like, wow, it was stupid. You know what I mean? But I was like, you know, so you just, you lose plenty of lessons learned, you know, on the farm and on the race track, that's
1: yeah. for sure. Oh man. So that is, a, that's a wonderful transition into what else I wanted to ask you, uh, today. I mean, you, you have the, the cattle farm, you just recently invested into, to, to hemp as well and doing all that stuff, you know, during the season, uh, how how did how did the farm life manifest? You, you say your dad your dad had car dealerships and stuff. How did you go? You get into to doing farming in the middle of the week and then racing on the weekends.
2: Well, I'm not very good with math, so I don't think numbers and dealership works out with me. But <laughs> no, it's. just <laughs> You know, honestly, it's one of those things that just happened. I bought some land when, um, when I was uh, younger and wanted to put a house on it and couldn't get my house sold. And it was a 500 acre piece of land. and, And I was like, man, I ain't gonna get out here and mow this thing every day of my life. You know, so, uh. You know just uh threw some cattle out there and i was like man the cattle are paying for the land and they're paying for themselves and i was like well let's just do some more of this and then you know you look up from 500 acres and now i got 3,700 acres and i'm going why why am i doing this you know it's just like now you got all these mama cows to feed and everything else but it's been really good i mean i've opened up a hagen cattle company where we uh we ship beef directly to consumers across the country and um, and, you know, and especially this time of year, uh, in the pandemic and everything else, when people have been scared where their next meal's coming from, it's been, uh, it's been really good for the company. Um, and, you know, for us, you know, I cut out to or three middleman where well, we used to sell tractor trailers of cattle out of the field. And, and, uh, so it's just a couple less people hands in the cookie jar and stuff. But what's really nice is that you're, uh, you're offering, you know, food to people and, and, uh, at a, at a good price and that's the that taste really good. So um, it gives you a little bit of warm and fuzzy, and same <laughs> with the CBD. So I lost uh, I lost my brother uh, three or four years ago now uh, to opioids, so basically he had uh, yeah. scoliosis and he had a bad curvature in his spine, and they said, look, if you don't have the surgery, you're gonna be crippled the rest of your life or in a wheelchair or whatever. And Puts the surgery off, ends up having the surgery, but it gets on OxyContin, and within three years, I watched it kill him, you know, basically, mm-hmm. just take his life, it basically what was happening he was on way too high of a dose and then, uh, being on, on that just sitting around the house all the time ends up with pneumonia. So mm-hmm. the pneumonia on top, top of the complication with the oxycontin, it, it just went to sleep and never woke up. But, you know, the, the CBD for me was, uh, you know, an opportunity to, give someone an alternative to pain management and, you know, being able to sleep and different things like that, that, you know, they're not on something that's so addictive and something that just puts claws into you. And, and I watched it, like I said, take my brother's life and uh, I just, you know, so for me, that's the, that's why I did the whole CBD thing was like, I know that, you know, all the benefits from the cannabinoids that are in the plant that you get. And and it's just, it's been amazing to me. I mean, we've been selling CBD on, on our e-commerce site online for I guess four months and just so many positive reviews about how it's helping and changing people's quality of life. And it just, I mean, it it blows me away. I'm just so, so happy that it's just, you know, it's really helping people and they're seeing real results from it. So that's been, been amazing for me, whether we're making money or not, if we're helping people, that's all I really care about right now with that business. And it's a challenging business because there's still a lot of education with it. And people think that it's got the psychoactive side of it, which it doesn't at all, but it's just, it's one of those things where there's still like a little gray area and stigma with it all, but to know that it's helping people and it's, it's just, you know, that to me is everything, you know,
0: first, um, that part of your interview when they were, uh, uh, when you won the championship, that's why I wanted to put, I wanted to put that in to the, the opening that we did. And, uh, Uh, And I will tell you, I need to go to your e-commerce because CBD, I I use it on a regular basis. It does help uh, with arthritis and all kinds of other things. Heck, I got CBD for my my dogs.
2: Yeah. There's so many different benefits and I use it twice a day, every day for myself. I have a, where I wrecked some of these cars along the way, I'd have to have a fusion in my spine one day when my race is done. But, um, but until that happens, I can't be on any type of painkillers. And, and then I can't have that surgery until my racing career is over. So that to me, you know, like when I take that, it allows me to sleep at night. It gets me through the day. It's not the cure all of everything by no means. It's not some magical cure, but, but at the end of the day, it, it definitely changes the pain level and my quality of life. Uh, so, so I'm a, I'm a true believer and user of it myself. You know, it's not just something I opened up a business and just started pushing, you know, so, um, but it's, it's just really is good, man. Like there's, like you said, that people's dogs and animals and horses and y- you name it, you know, there's, we have an endocannabinoid system in our body that allows us to absorb those, those, uh, cannabinoids that are in the plant. So our body's ready to use that, you know, right, right now, with, you know, bioavailable in your body once you put it in. So it's, it's pretty cool. I've, I've had a huge learning curve with it, but it's, uh, What's neat is it just it's just the positive reviews coming back, so that's what I, what I'm I'm tickled with.
1: Yeah, another thing that uh, that is ridiculously beneficial to people's health that you are also in is weightlifting, <laughs> 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 and uh, and you uh, you do that obviously uh, um, you, with social media. I'm I'm sure you see all the comments about uh, you look how oh, big Matt Hagen is, man. He's a this well, it's that- cause
2: I eat all this beef and I have to do something <laughs> with it right? Yeah, yeah. It's a dumb, you know, so, but uh yeah they, I mean definitely everybody I stand out because you know you put me beside Antron Brown and on caps and you go yeah. what's, what's what's happening here what's the deal you know so yeah I'm 250 pounds man and you know six <laughs> foot one and you know so I'm you know I'm not a little guy by no means and uh you know, but what we do is we get away with it in a funny car because I sit over the like a dragster. I probably couldn't get away with it, but I sit over that rear end, so yep. when we you know yeah. launch, it kind of plants the tire even harder. So I look at it like, man, the more I eat, the more traction control we got. <laughs> you know, <So. laughs>
1: I want to. I want to know what's a uh, uh, what's your favorite workout day? Chest day, arm day, whatever day, and and what's a what's a workout like with Matt Hagen?
2: yeah you know i mean uh right now it looks pretty fat you know what i mean i've been eating more than not working out as much but uh it's just uh once i, I gotta get back in that gym life routine very very soon uh but you know I, I love working chest i mean i have a pretty big chest and stuff like that but i uh you know it's just like anything you you pick out your favorites and then you probably should work everything else but that because you end up working it too much but um but for me you know just really total body kind of thing i I really like that, um, you know, the P90X stuff. I, I do a lot of that, and then just, you know, uh, basic, you know, bodybuilding lifting stuff. I have a lot of, a lot of friends that are in the, the weightlifting world, and you know, I try to get some pointers from them and stuff like that to change it up. And that's my biggest problem. I think I run into is I go in and do the same thing every time, and you yeah. have to, Switch you have up. to make your body change, and you have to adapt to your routines and make your body guess so it'll grow and do different things. But you know, one day, you know, like I said, when my racing stuff's over, maybe, maybe I can worry about getting bigger, but I'm just, I'm kind of <laughs> like, uh, right now, like, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> like, let's right where we're at, Frank's still sitting in the race car kind of thing. So, uh, but no, it's really, I mean, anybody that's, that's, uh, you know, haven't, ha- doesn't have the time to work out or, or something like that, you really should make it. I mean, it just, you feel so much better and your mental, you know, for me, it helps my mental side of things. And I think that's, truly what separates like you look at any athlete in any sport, you know, and they they're very talented and, you know, physically um to be there, right? So but what separates greatness and just an average athlete is their mental game. And that's really something I think that I try hard to work on is my mental game in business and life and sports and drag race and all that stuff. Um, and not a lot of people know how to do that. I'd like to tell you guys uh, real quick, and, and you should pick it up if you get a chance. It's a quick, easy read, but it's it's called Mind Gym by Gary Batmack. And this guy had worked with piles of athletes. I mean, from golfing to basketball to baseball, football, you name it, like some su- super big superstars, you know? And, and so, uh, I read this book and I, I kept calling, uh, emailing this deal. And I was like, man, I want to work with you because I've worked with some sports psychologists and different mm-hmm. things to help evaluate your, your mental game. And finally his wife emailed me back. She's like, please stop emailing. He died four years ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? But I was wanting to work with this guy so bad because his book is so good. Like just it- Elevating your mental game to the next level, and really, I think that is what separates you from you know from being average and being great is your mental game and being able to deal with pressure and business and life and you know what's your how you how you do that you know so if you get a chance pick that book up it's a great read I mean uh, it, it's helped me like you know win my first championship and learn to deal with pressure and different things like that you know so uh, working on your mental game I really think is more more positive than working on your physical game even
0: speaking of of mind game you, you go into the finals this year and it's all teammates you know you're yes you're going yeah. in yes you're going into the, you know as the leader but you got Tommy Johnson and Jack Beckman right behind you and it's only what a, a couple of rounds difference i think it is
2: and yeah I mean, you know what, that's that's it's tough you know what i mean one of the thing that's what i thought was really cool about the parity and the funny car like there's it's it's such a close deal. We didn't need to reset the points, you know what I mean? Everybody was running so strong and so good that nobody was running away with it. I mean, it was down to the last race in the semifinals, you know, so um, for me, it was just like, man, this is a battle, you know, and, and I was nervous, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because it's been so long since I've been, what, seven, eight years since I've won a championship and, you know, it was just one of those things where I, I ordered this big old Wagyu filet when I got to Vegas and, <laughs> and you know me, I ain't missing no meals, man, But I. <laughs> honestly couldn't hardly choke this thing down and I was like, Okay, well I guess you're really nervous now, you know what I mean? If you're not gonna eat this steak, you know, so it uh, it was was one of those things where I think that, you know, for me it was just, you know, I, I kinda let some of the mentality of like, you know, what we gotta do and looking at what they gotta do, you know, versus what's helped me in the past is just simplifying it, going like focus on what you can control, you know, only, you know, if, 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 and that's really like leave on time, keep it in the groove and turn the wind light on, you know what I mean? But each, I tell each one of my guys only focus on their parts and pieces. Don't worry about the other cylinder head guy or the bottom end guy, trust in him and his ability and know that he's going to do his job. You do your job and I'm going to do my job. And if we all do our job to our best ability, it'll come together and click. But if I'm worrying about, you know, who's over in the next lane and how they're staging the car or what they're doing, you know what I mean? But you get to thinking too much and you get caught up in that and you lose sight of what you need to focus on and that's controlling what you have control over, you know?
0: Well drag racing is a game of a mind game, uh you know, playing against the other competitor. Now you going into the final round, you knew that you had won the championship. Um and then you were going in the in the final round with Ron Caps. How talk about uh the the mindset now that you know you won and it did take a little pressure off that last run.
2: Yeah, I honestly wasn't even focused on that last run. I mean, I wanted to win. Don't get me wrong; I never not want to win. But like, it was just like a huge release of pressure. You know what I mean? And and you know when I ran Alexis, uh, you know I did this long burnout, and they were just kind of my crew chief's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm having fun now." You know what I mean? So it's just kind of one of those things where he's like, "You're going to miss the clutch on this thing," but. But it just You know After After watching Caps beat Tommy And we We knew we won It was a little little tough Because I was yes. Strapped in the car And I wanted to Get out of the car And celebrate with my guys and mug them You know It just But you couldn't You know You had to make That next round And being strapped in there They finally were like Oh yeah He's in the car And they crawled in there And was kind of Beating on the handshield And stuff <laughs> like that And, and high five And I'm like Hey guys I'm over here Hey You know But <laughs> it, uh, it was It was just like uh, it, it was just a cool Cool weekend And a cool moment And uh you know, it definitely took some pressure off, and I don't know. I had like a one ten light, which I, I usually never do. You know, but but it just you know we still ran what we needed to and won the race. And uh, you know, just uh, one of those things where it was just it ended up being our weekend. You know, we we went out there, we qualified well, we won the race, we won the championship, and I uh, just couldn't ask for any more. You know,
0: the the one thing that kind of stood out for me was that some of the stat that DSR went undefeated this year in funny car racing.
2: Yeah, you know, and and I hate that Force wasn't out there. You know what I mean? I really would have liked to see him and Robert out there. There's, you know, people ask or say or whatever, but you know, at the end of the day, he had every opportunity, just like we did, to to come out there and be out there. And and uh, you know, I, I love John Force. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not running any trash on him. I just I hated that he didn't even show up as a as an individual to come support the sport that supported him for so long and made him into a, a rock star. You know, and and so I was a little disheartened about that that he. uh he decided not to be a part of the, the venue this year just because he couldn't race, you know, I mean, I think it would have have spoke volumes if he would have come out as just a team owner and sat in a suite somewhere and just supported what we're doing and trying to do. And, um, and I'm sure he's got his reasons, you know, but as a 16 time world champion, man, I just, I was like, where you at, brother? You know, come on, we want to see you out here. We want, want you to be a part of this in any way, shape or form, you know? So, um, it's a little tough, but at the end of the day, like I said, I'm sure John has his reasons and, um and what he always picked up the phone when we won and, and left a message with my crew chief and how he was like, you know. Good job, guys, and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to hear that. But you know, I mean, John is NHRA, right? You know, and, and, and we've you know basically marketed around him that he's he's you know kind of like what the sport is made made out of right now. And I was just like, come on, man, like be out here, be a part of this, and you know, support it. You know, get it through this hard time. You know what I mean of what it is right now. So, uh, but I would have loved to see him out here racing. You know, what I mean, there's no no question about that. That the majority of my championships that I've won have been battled out against John. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, just, just hated that he wasn't out there, you know?
0: Speaking of messages, <laughs> we're going to insert it right here.
2: You reached Matt Hagen, cattle farmer extraordinaire, part-time funny car driver. I'm sure I missed your call because I'm on a plane somewhere. Leave a message and I'll call you back.
0: I think I've told him before. That's probably the funniest voicemail message that I've ever heard.
2: Um, um, my wife is tired of hearing that, man. I'm telling you, she's like, if I have to, you don't know, not answer the phone one more time, and I got to listen to that message. She's like, I'm gonna shoot you, you know. So, yeah, uh, I forget it's on there, you know, because I don't yeah. ever hear it, you know. But, part, part, but she doesn't part-time forget about funny a car driver.
0: Sure. Yeah. Part-time funny car driver.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah cattle, funny. cattle farmer extraordinaire. Right? <laughs> that, is, that a boy. That a boy. That brings <laughs> me
1: to uh, I probably I guess. Last question for yeah. Matt? Yeah. Well, I, I do want to, because
0: right. it's kind of full circle for me. My first... Okay, go ahead. My first drag racing interview was at VMP. uh uh-huh. And it was Ron Capps. Really? Now he's teammates with Matt Hagen. Interesting. Kind of full
1: circle, man.
2: That That's fun. Yeah. Um, Ron is a good dude. Ron corrupted me, man. We parked motorhomes <laughs> together, and, and uh, you know, we, we partied together and everything else, and I was just like, man, Ron, my... My liver would be a whole lot better. Also, <laughs> hadn't met you, you know.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the, he he was early in his career and he hadn't won around yet. So I had him on the thing, and I told him we'd give him some some karma. Yeah. and he'd go out there and win. He goes, I doubt that. So he goes out and wins his wins the first round. I think he, I think yeah. he won that weekend. So he came in. And he goes, you want to go to awesome. you want to go Dallas with me?
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That, that's uh, Bring you
1: luck, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about a part, you know, part-time you part driver. Right now, you're a full-time driver, and you are the uh, going to be the defending champion. I want to know how long, uh, you know, because John has been running, and he's like 71 years old now. How long do you plan on doing this, or do you uh, do you know yet?
2: Well, you know, I just, I really don't know. As being a hired shoe, you know, John forces is in a different situation than I am. You know, he owns his own team, and controlled his own destiny and, and is out here getting his own sponsors and um, you know and, and our sponsors are DSR sponsors you know they're not Matt Hagen sponsors mm-hmm. and uh, you know so I really take it year to year I love doing what I do I'm very passionate about the sport I love that you know I love DSR I mean my family and myself we put a lot of money into DSR Uh, to be out there for the last fifteen years, you know, and it's just uh, you know, I I, I wanna do it as long as I can, but you just you never know when your run is done with what you know, it just takes one sponsor to go away and then, you know, you're out here And, and that's why I'm always hunting new sponsors. I mean we're We've, uh, we've got some big things with New Holland coming up and, um, you know, and, and different stuff. You know, I know Mopar and Penzel has been a part of this for a long time. And, and, you know, it's just, but you're always, always digging, right? You're always trying to put a deal together. You're always trying to do B2B business with your partners that you have. And, um, you know, but my thing is, I just really, truly don't know how long it's going to last. So I would love to sit here and say, hey, I'm going to drive for the next five years or the next 10 years, but it could be over with, you know, at the end of this, this year, you know what I mean? And, and maybe, you know, the pandemic and our sponsors say, Hey, we're not going to come back. You know, you just don't ever really know, you know, so uh, I always have taken it for the last 15 years, year to year. And, uh, um, so, you know, as, as, as tough as that is, that's just the reality of the sport. You know what I mean? I, and I've been blessed to be out here this long. I've seen, so many drivers come in and, and and they're just you know eager and they think you're going to be here forever and and they go away very fast you know what I mean so I'm very realistic about what what we're doing and then we're in an in a industry that we're the first thing to be trimmed you know the fact when the fat gets trimmed it's just the you know the motorsports budget or whatever it may be because it's not always a necessity you know so uh, we do a, a, I feel like a good job of really showing value in return and and uh, you know of their spin versus what they get back, you know, and and sometimes it's really hard to correlate that, you know, so there's a lot of things that go into it, but you know, as long as your your partner's making money and you can find a way to do B, B2B business like MoCar and Penzel, and, uh, Factory 4s and, you know, New Holland and what I'm doing with the cattle side of things and just, just a bunch of different, you know, trying to stay out here, trying to find new partners, trying to do new things. But, you know, like I said, um, you just never know. So I, I'm blessed to, to say that, you know, things look bright for the future moving into next year and we're working hard to keep that there. And, um, you know, but then, at the end of that year, I'll, I'll probably be doing the same thing I am right now, trying to put put stuff together and make it happen again, you know? So there's just no no security in what we do, but uh, but that's the life we signed up for, you know? I think that, I'm, you know, that's why I do the cattle thing and the CBD thing and then the money the dealership stuff and, you know, and all this other stuff that I got going on um, because you, you have to set yourself up for other things, right? You know, there's, unfortunately, I have so many teammates, you know, no different than Beckman and, and Tommy Johnson. You know they've had a ride for six years, but through Terry Chandler and uh, and that Chandler group that have supported them, but they haven't they haven't lined anything up in six years to fall back on. You know what I mean? And just going like, guys, what 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 is going on? You know, like I feel for them, but but they you know on top of that, they haven't done other things or set themselves up for other things that that are to happen in case things fall through. There's so many of these drivers out here that feel like this is just going to be a fairy tale that lasts forever and that's just not realistic you know what I mean it just it doesn't happen so I try to be very realistic with what I do and you know, the direction I'm going in and, and making sure that my family and our businesses are taken care of and then you know we also want to be out here racing and put on a great show for these fans so I just I just love doing what I'm doing and I'm glad to be here and if it ends tomorrow I'll, I'll go over there and shake Mr. Schumacher's hand and tell him thank you so much for everything that you've given me and um, you know uh, allow me to do and be a part of this company but you know I just I know that tomorrow if I had to walk away from it I could you know
0: well let's help you sell some beef and <laughs> yeah. CBD let, let, the, let <laughs> our fans out there me, man. Let, some, let some fans out there know uh, where they can go and get that
2: yeah you can go to trueharvestfarms.com that's T-R-U harvestfarms.com uh, for the CBD and then the Hagen Cattle Company is Hagen Cattle CO, not, not the way the company's spelled out, just CO. Um, check it out on the web. Uh, like I said, we're, uh, we're, we're swinging it, uh, the beef really, really, um, is flying off the shelf and some of the CBD. so. Just very, very blessed. Uh, but thank you guys for having me on the show. But I also want to thank your listeners, right? Like, so the folks that are listening to you, they support the, you know, the the Mopar and the Penzels and the Sandvix and the, the folks that, that are supporting what we do and keep us out there. So we truly, truly cannot do it without your listeners, without our fans, without those folks that are supporting those companies that support us. So next time when they, they think about, you know, hey, I might buy this off the shelf, or I'll do that, um, you know, maybe they think about, you know, hey, we're going to support drag racing, you know what I mean? So that really means a lot, and it does go a long ways, you know?
0: Well, it really means a lot that you came on, because we probably kept you longer than we should have, <laughs> you're because you're busy. No, I love talking to you guys. It's been a fun interview. <laughs> but, you know, but to... And be able to pro- promote the racing here in the state of Virginia and the drivers that we have. We talk all the time, uh, me and Brandon, uh, and we say this um, with with all our heart, that we have the best drivers in the country, right here in our state. Yep. And we are so blessed yeah. as a state. We've got asphalt tracks, dirt tracks, road courses, uh, some of the best, uh, one of the best drag strips in, in the world, I mean, country. Yep. And then, yes, you know, and then we got two, in it, uh, two uh, NASCAR events or two NASCAR tracks with four yeah. events. There is no other state that can, that can claim that. And we, and to have you come on and spend time with us to talk about racing Virginia, because it's kind of cool. Yeah. It is a tie. Family, Motor Mile, Speedway. Yeah, all of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's all a great tie. And, uh, you know, you, uh, you giving your time to us means more than you know.
2: Well, we I really appreciate being on the show, guys, and hope you guys have a blessed and merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully, I'll get to talk to you again soon when we're winning more races.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Man. We'll talk yeah. to you later,
0: Matt.
2: Hey, right, thank you guys. Thank you, have man. a great day. Right. Bye. Top five interview.
1: Oh, yeah. Top
0: three. Top, top two. Top three. Yeah. Top two. I mean, um, <laughs> and, and <clears throat> I've been doing this a long time. That's yeah. why I said top five for me yeah. in almost 30 years sure. of doing interviews. He's.
1: That I learned again. I say it every week, but I like mm-hmm. I love learning about those other little points about yeah. the the what away the from stuff, the racetrack, the stuff that you can't yeah. see on the racetrack too. By I the way, like-
0: by the way, folks, you can follow Matt on social media. First of all, you can visit their website, uh, DSR's website at yep. Shoe Racing
1: Shoe Racing. That's
0: S H O E yep. Racing dot uh, You can also find him on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Hagen underscore FC for or Funny, funny Car. Color. And on Facebook uh, at Matt Hagan FC. Yep. So uh, make sure you follow him. Make sure you go buy some cattle, some meat. Yeah. Some beef. What's for dinner? It's what's I, for dinner.
1: I was going to tell him that, uh, that we're going to have to just sample some of his product here. Uh, and maybe then shortly. And
0: then uh, I'm, I'm going to have to look at his CBD yep. products because yep. I, I do utilize, I have been utilizing it for a long time yep. and it does help with anxiety, helps with stress, helps with uh, muscle aches, uh, joint eggs. It helps with a lot of things. And the older you get, the more that stuff you yeah. need.
1: I'm not there yet.
0: Yeah, I'm but it, but CBD oil would be good okay. for you. It,
1: right. might, it might even grow some hair. I don't need it. My <laughs> hair was crap when it was there in the first place. I wanted to, I wasn't going to tell Matt, but uh, but he has used my cell phone before. For chicago yeah when we were up in chicago i got him to do a me. bunch of selfie videos and and stuff he got the pole and one ra- or i don't know i can't remember i'll right?
0: I, I tell you what i'll do i'll text him since yeah. we got his cell phone number and yeah. see if he'll do a selfie video for yeah. us and send it back
1: yeah, to yeah, me. promote uh to, yeah i'm matt hagan and you're listening to the racing virginia podcast
0: i like that yeah so, uh, great interview. It really yeah. was. And it was worth only having one guest today. Yep. Yep. It really was. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I know you got to go to work. Yeah, You got to go to work. work. You got to go back to uh, Rich- planning the 75th Annie, as <laughs> I like to call it.
1: Yeah, and a bunch of other stuff, <laughs> yeah. too. That, oh, yeah. yeah. Selling tickets. Yeah.
0: More importantly. Yeah. Gotta, By the way, if you want to buy tickets to Richmond or Martinsville or Darlington, yep. what they gotta do they
1: got to do? They got to go to the website. They got to go to richmondraceway.com martinsvillespeedway.com or com, and tickets are readily available. We're getting some new websites for all three tracks here very very shortly. They they're, they're going to be coming up which makes it worth uh, are just going to make it easier for the fans to yep. see what we got in store and to to easily uh, lock in their seats and and infield passes and camping and all the other good stuff that uh, hopefully in 2021 we can just see everybody here and 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 do it real big. Well, well I figure if we sell some tickets they'll keep us around. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope
0: (laughs) oh folks man I tell you what it uh, again let's kind of give you uh, a kind of what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks we Uh, are going to have a couple more shows um, uh, for 2020 then we'll take a week off and then we'll come back the the first week of January do another show so we're not going to be gone long we're going to take a well deserved one week off for Christmas and New Year's Mm -hmm. Okay, you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've got, um, we we, we ask you all the time, but if you've got a suggestion on who you'd like to see on the Race in Virginia podcast, send it to us.
1: Yep. We're going to... Just DM us. The easiest way is... DM on Twitter. DM DM on on Twitter Twitter or Facebook is, is the easiest way to do it. Say, hey, I know this person. You might not know this person, but I know this person, and he's got a Racing Virginia story that, or he or she that has a Racing Virginia story that that you want to hear.
0: You know, and a lot of you guys are friends with Brandon on Twitter. Yeah. At Uh, at BrandonBrownWV. WV. Okay, I know. Because I'm from, from West, West Virginia. Virginia so I'm the, I'm, real Dave, I'm the real Dave C. <laughs> yeah, you are at the real Dave C. At the, at the real Dave C. Yeah,
1: because
0: yeah, there, are there, are there, there, there are any few, other ones? There are quite a few. I'm a junior, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah. I did find out that there are a lot of Dave C's in yeah. the country.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of when I, when I first joined Facebook back in like 2004. All of the Brandon Browns started like... Friending me like, like Brandon Brown, like seven Brandon Browns. Like isn't it, many isn't of it kind of,
0: uh, kind of, uh, crazy that you are now in a position at a racetrack doing yeah. what you're doing. And there's another Brandon Brown in the <laughs> state know. of Virginia that is actual driver. Yeah.
1: I told. It's mind-boggling. The, mind-boggling to I me. told. I I messaged James Pike, who is the lead broadcaster for Podium, last night, and I was like, mm. "If I do something dumb that gets me on the broadcast <laughs> last night, tell people uh, that I'm not uh, that uh, Brandon, Brandon Brown." Brown yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, and I got wiped out. So,
0: by the way, check out Randy uh, Hallman's new column. Yep. Uh, on uh, at racingvirginia.com. Uh-huh. I think it's backslash uh, columns. I think about it. Uh, yeah. I think it is. Uh, just, just go to racingvirginia.com and click on columns. Yep. And you can also find news. We don't have much news right now coming yep. in. And, we will soon. And we'll soon have a bunch of schedules coming in but you'll be crazy. I guess I'm going to have to help you put that in there. Yeah, you might. Cause there's a lot of, of <laughs> Vaughn. It took Vaughn a lot yeah.
1: of hours to put that stuff gonna in there. I'm going to see, I'm going to see if it, if we'll it just took that it. long.
0: Hey, tell you what, let's just send it to Vaughn and tell him yeah. to do it. <laughs> hey Vaughn, you know how to do this, right? By the way, uh, they, they have their virtual, our, our buddies at Langley's Bayway have their virtual banquet going on right now. So go to their Facebook page and check out uh, all the champions and the, the awards that are going out. It's a, uh, it's a great way to... It was a great idea yep. and to honor their champions even because they couldn't have a a, a yep. championship banquet. So it's a great idea to have that. Uh, follow
1: us on social media at Racing Virginia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, go listen to the podcast uh, either on our website or
0: on uh itunes spotify iHeartRadio, pandora amazon oh the list goes go- just just google. type in
1: google yeah. racing virginia podcast you, find it wherever yeah. you want to listen to it
0: and please go uh i would say if you could go to itunes yep. and because that helps us the most i think yep if you go to itunes subscribe to the show leave us a review we need reviews for the show if you don't like it just, then tell us yeah You know, if it's a one star, I mean, I hope you give us a five star.
1: (laughs) Why wouldn't you?
0: But please go and subscribe to to iTunes. It's free. It's not like you, you don't have to pay for the iTunes podcasting stuff. They're all free. So go there, subscribe, leave us a review. And uh, give us a five-star, please. Yep. Um, We want to thank Matt Hagen for taking a lot of time to visit with us. About 40 minutes. About 40 minutes uh, with the Racing Virginia podcast. And we got to thank you, the listener, for downloading and listening to our podcast each and every week. Please pass it on. Share it with your friends. We need more people listening. Uh, For Brandon Brown, I'm Dave C. reminding you to keep racing, Virginia.